Welcome to Podcast 18, you guys. Dean, 1, 8, they just keep going up. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Please stop. 18. Please stop. Please stop. Yes. All right. 18. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um, we apologize. It's been two months since our last podcast, but we have been up to some amazing stuff, some really, really cool things, which are amazing for us, but unfortunate for you, because you don't get to hear the beautiful sounds of our voices. Uh, Yes, we do apologize. It's been two months. We swear we will get better at this. It's just we have been up to a lot right now, so um, we've been finishing up the game. The game is finished. It is finished. It is officially finished and it is submitted to many film festivals and competitions and we're really excited to see what we do this was a milestone for us because this is the first short film that we have completed that is solo get it Productions. there's no other production company a part of this it is get it productions a hundred percent and that is exciting and it is really something worth jumping up and down about and we cannot wait for you guys to see it yes so as he mentioned we've submitted it to several film festivals waiting here to back uh, waiting to hear back on some of them and um we're gonna splice together a trailer so we can get something out so you guys can see it we're really excited to show you really excited you guys it's 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 a milestone we're so happy definite milestone and really excited and to see what's going to happen with the future for the game because it was originally intended to be a longer project. But short films is a way to go to pitch any idea. And that is a word of advice. Word of advice. Short concise films. <laughs> the story, concise the story and leave your audience wanting more. And if you can, if you can accomplish that feat, you have something that people will be interested in in hearing you pitch and talk about and possibly fun. So Indeed. Yes, we're really excited. But we don't want to give too much away. You'll see it soon. Um it's October well, October is next month, but it's the our favorite time of the year, the fall. And you know what that means, two line ghost stories, and that's coming to you soon too. We're already in the works in pre production for that and we cannot wait to shoot some out to you guys so uh, make sure you follow the YouTube channel and check those out they're only going to get better I mean yeah and of course we just had our August trip yes we did we had an amazing time at the Disney's Treehouse Villa and there's actually a video that's going to be on YouTube real soon so if you ever thought about staying at the Treehouse Villas we have an extensive exclusive exclusive rare rare footage for you that is pretty amazing and we had an amazing time i can't tell you how much fun we had um it disney is so so much fun with friends and as an adult you can experience something completely different when you don't have kids so if you have any of those little preconceptions of what disney is and you're an adult and you're like well i'm not gonna go to i don't have any kids i don't have this i don't have that Disney's a lot of fun, so check out this video because it's really cool. Yes, and also, we're planning our next short film. We are filming again in November. Yes, we are. Dun, dun, dun. It's this really is a, a very ambitious project for us because it's uh, sci-fi, and it requires some special effects that are going to be quite interesting to figure out. Mm-hmm. 
but we're going to do it, and we're really excited about doing it. It's a really great story. Um, I am still working on the final script, which I have to have completed by the end of the month, but it is a really fantastic story, and I'm really excited about bringing it to you, and it's something a little different for us, so I think you might be really surprised at our storytelling in this, so stay tuned. <laughs> yes, um, I have evacuated Florida because of Hurricane Irma. I don't know, is it into the world or what? I mean, my roommates just got power today. Some of my friends a little bit further south don't have it yet. Um, some of my friends flying back in couldn't even fly back to the Orlando airport. They had to fly to like one of the surrounding ones because of the damage and just the congestion. So that is another reason we have not done a podcast in uh, the last like week or two because hurricanes. It's been kind of crazy. Yeah, it's in the world, you guys. <laughs> Alright, well, says the one in New York. But speaking of hurricanes, um, last night, the September 12th, was the Hand in Hand Hurricane Relief Fund. Um, it featured stars like Barbara Streisand, Josh Groban, Oprah, Jamie Foxx, and a whole lot more. They managed to raise over $44 million for hurricane survivors. Now, awesome. this is this is not just for Irma. This was also Harvey. Um, Harvey because there were two catastrophic hurricanes in the same month. Because, you know, why not? But, um, yes, it's a wonderful charity. You can still donate. You can catch the... Uh, benefit on youtube and um you know please consider donating it goes to a really good cause and i mean global warming i don't quite know how to explain this i mean yeah donate and the really good news about donating if you donate five dollars or ten dollars because let, let's be real like we we don't have hundreds and hundreds of dollars that we can or thousands of dollars that we can donate because we're regular people but just donating a little bit, you can take that off on your taxes. And then it's amazing, especially if you do your taxes online, to see when you do your donations and charity work, how much that tax return pops up. And it's always in the corner. So I'm telling you, it's I donate just so I can write that off. Okay, not just little, so you can write it off, Michael. I mean, like, yeah, it's, it's a good cause. You, you want to do good for people, but you also want that tax return. Total win-win situation. Tax return. So, yeah, um, I should be... Ugh, whatever, Michael. I should be back in Florida uh, next week after my birthday. It's a big one this year. What? So, um, I'll... Nope. We will say no ages, no numbers. We will not have any. Well, it's a big one. Who who cares? All right. So yes, we will we will bring you more on that later. But um, I want to talk about Movie Pass now, Michael. Movie have, Pass. You, have you heard of Movie Pass? Actually, I have not. I don't really know what that is. All right. So, Movie Pass has actually been around for a while. It's a subscription service that basically. You pay. It used to be you paid like $30 a month and you could see unlimited movies all month. But, you know, not a lot of people were into it because people don't go to theaters anymore, as we've they talked don't. about here. All right. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, they don't go to theaters anymore. So people were seeing like one or two movies and not getting their money's worth. So then 
one of the ex-CEOs, and I think he was like the founder of Redbox, and he was like the CEO of Netflix for a while. He took over, and he lowered the price to $9 a month. So now for $9 a month, you can go to almost any theater, all the big chains are included, and see any movie you want any day. As long as it's a standard movie, not an IMAX, it can be opening night, it can be theaters where you have to pick your own seats, it can be Saturday at midnight, it doesn't matter. You can see one film every day, even if you go every single day a month. That's pretty cool. It's awesome. And um, it became such a popular deal that their website actually crashed several times. But I was able to get in there right before it crashed. And I got my movie pass card a couple weeks ago. And I've already seen like six movies. That is pretty cool. I mean, that kind of reminds me of um, like throwback Tuesday, I suppose, um, when I worked in the movie theater in Augusta. That was my summer job. Um, one year I worked in the movie theater and it allowed myself and several others to have free passes. (laughs) What he means by several others, he means myself and our brother Gene. We would see every movie that ever came out just because it was free for us. Because it was free. It was a free movie. They got to go to the movie theater. It didn't matter if I was working. If I put their name on the list, they could go see the movie. I don't know if that's still the way... Regal works. Listen, but that was an amazing benefit. We loved I it. Regal Cinemas, yes, I did, and it was for a summer, and it was um, it was a fun experience. I got to see a lot of movies, especially like when I was working. <laughs> I got to see a lot of movies. You just disappear and just go into the movie theater and watch the movie. Yeah, I mean, we saw every movie, and we'd wave to Michael as he was working concessions, and he would hate us. He'd glare back at us. Because I worked long hours at movie theater, and I got paid. Okay, okay, you know what? Yes, Michael, we know. So, <laughs> so basically, that's MoviePass in a nutshell. Now, there's also a lot of controversy around this. Theater chains, most, especially AMC, they hate it. They hate this idea. They think that it's going to lessen the experience of seeing movies, and it's going to threaten them in some way. But here's here's my thing. They're They're actually saying... They're going to try to block MoviePass cards. But here's the thing. MoviePass is amazing because it's like a magic debit card. So you get sent a little debit card, and you have to be within 100 feet of the theater. You have to turn your GPS on. And then you can check in, and then you have 30 minutes. The amount of money for that theater that the ticket's going to cost gets automatically put into your account and you have 30 minutes to use it and it will only work at that theater. So you you swipe your card, you get a movie ticket. And you and if you have a rewards card, you get all the rewards built up too. It's like a side bonus. It's really cool. So, it's a MasterCard. So what MoviePass is saying to AMC is, "Listen, you can't reject our card. It's a regular card." There's, like, you can't. You've signed the contract with MasterCard to not reject any of their cards. It's a MasterCard. Sorry, you have to deal with it. But my argument is, and here's the thing, they're also, if you're thinking this deal is too good to be true, it actually probably is. Um, One of their ways to remain profitable, because 
they're losing money on every ticket you buy over one. You know what I mean? You go see one movie a month, okay, fine, they broke even. You see more than one movie a month, they're losing money because they're paying the theaters the full price. So they're saying, hey, we're getting people back into theaters. We're getting people buying concessions and spending their money in other ways and getting involved with movies again. So I personally think it is a great service. I really hope it stays around because, like I said, I've already seen a bunch of movies this month and it's only the 13th. So, Michael, what do you think? I think it's a, I think it's a great thing. I think um, it is getting people back into the theaters and... There is a shift. There's a shift in our generation. There's a shift in the time where people aren't going to the movie theaters anymore. And I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but, you know, also in retrospect to say there's not nearly as many movies coming out anymore that used to be. I mean, every week there used to be something. And movies are less and less and less. And, and there was an article about how all of the major movie productions or, um, yeah, production companies are in the red to the movie theaters because there hasn't been a huge blockbuster to break even. Because people aren't going to the movies anymore because you have Black Box, you have all of these, like, apps that are completely illegal and we do not support in any way, shape, or form um, that are showing pirated films. So... I don't know. It's just it's just a weird time. It's a weird time in our history. It's a weird time in this country where people, you know, you can go to the movie theater and then you may not come out alive again. It's like the same thing. You send your kids to school and then you may never see them again. I mean, it's, it's weird. It's, Sad but true. It's things that we didn't have to worry about when we were younger, you know, when we were kids and our parents never thought twice. Like, they used to drop us off at the movie theater, but now... You drop your kids off the movie, you never see them again. You take them to school, you may never see them again. So it's um, it's a scary world that we are in, and there are reasons why people aren't going to the movie theaters, which I think, and I've been saying since podcast one, we're in the middle of a renaissance. Like, a renaissance is about to happen, and um, I think it's great. I think Movie Pass is awesome. I think it gives you an opportunity to experience that because sometimes seeing a movie in the theater is completely different than seeing it in your living room oh it totally is i mean this just the experience the surround sound the big screen the ultra hd i mean and now thanks to movie pass you see one movie and you've paid for it and then any movie after that is bonus it's cheaper than waiting for it to come out to rent you know, a rental's like five ninety nine. You've already paid for it with Movie Pass. Well, and there's a pride too. There's a pride to a movie becoming a classic and saying, "Why?" Well, I remember seeing that in the movie theater. You know, like Titanic or Jurassic Park. I was there in the movie theater to see, you know, those films, mm-hmm. uh, and that are now considered classics. Well, so, another thing also is it's more of I won't go see a movie in theaters, well, before Movie Pass. I wouldn't go see a movie in theaters unless I knew it was going to justify the inevitable 
30 to $50 I was going to end up spending. I mean, I love the dine-in theaters, so that's like $20. And then when you're there, you know, you got to get a little snack, you got to get a beer, you watch the movie. So by the end of the night, you're spending like at least 30 bucks. So if I didn't think a movie was going to justify that cost, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to wait until it comes out. And also, if I, if I shelled out my hard-earned money and I'm going to use Atomic Blonde for this because this is that's the last movie I saw before I got Movie Pass. I was so excited about Atomic Blonde and then I saw it and I was like, wow, that sucked. <laughs> so it's also a thing of, oh my God, I just wasted my money on this terrible movie. So yeah. you're more likely to go see indie films. Like for instance, Mother comes out this weekend I'm like, eh, I don't know. But because of MoviePass, I'm going to go see it. Because why not? What do I have to lose besides two hours of my life? But I'm sure it'll be mildly entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah, but that's the thing, too. When movies weren't so expensive to go see, like, you went to go see them just because, you know, it was something to do. And, you know, it's an experience. I, 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 don't, I, I really don't know because I'm the same way. Like, if, if I'm totally honest, I don't go to the movie theater that often. And when I do, like, the last couple of movies I've seen, I've been kind of disappointed with, with the exception of the last movie I went to go see, which was yesterday, which was It, which I think is a great segue into our next topic. Well, so, yeah. Uh, let's talk about It, the movie that terrorized an entire generation of children, <laughs> us included. I went to go see the movie yesterday and I loved it. I thought it was a good movie. Now, do I think it is a good movie? Like it, it, the horror factor. Okay. You know, there's a couple of movies that I've seen in the movie theater, which I will name and hats off to the directors and the producers and the actors involved. Oh, he's naming names, ladies and gentlemen, that terrified me when I went to the movie theater. And those movies are the ring. Very good movie. The Descent. Very good movie. The first one. Okay. Not the second, the first one. The first one. Um, Insidious. Mm. Good movie. It didn't terrify me, though. The first one, no, that that actually scared me. The visuals were just, I thought, were pretty horrifying. The visuals were grotesquely beautiful, but it didn't scare me in the theater, but it was still pretty good. So those are the three that actually come to my mind. I, I know I sound like I was going to list more, but that's the only thing that came to my mind. Those three, I remember going to the movie theater and leaving the movie theater being like, whoa, I was scared. Especially with The Descent. The Descent played on so many different, like, fears and phobias, like enclosed spaces and these little monster people eating you. Like, it was, it was, a. Uh, it was a great movie. It was really a great movie. That was a truly amazing movie. But I would add The Conjuring to that list, the first one, because I was in the theater scared when I saw that movie. I know it didn't scare you, but scare that me, movie but... scared me the first time I saw it. I couldn't sleep with the lights off for literally a week. Yeah, so... But I was also really drunk when I went to that movie. So. Oh, I... ladies and gentlemen, the truth comes out. Uh, I know, true story. But yeah, it was. It is a good movie. It's actually a good movie. The script is fantastic, and the acting is from the kids are fantastic. 
Well, uh, what were some overall thoughts and concerns, hesitations you had going in? No, I knew I wanted to see it from the beginning. I knew it was one of those stories, like, I remember the made-for-television miniseries that came out, and I remember watching it and being scared as a child of, like, of that clown. And every time, every time I walked by a sewer drain, I thought about that scene. Mm-hmm. The thought about that scene. So it was, it was, it's interesting to see it again as an adult and to experience it again um, in a new way where we have all of this um, technology to really go above and beyond. And I was, I was, I was really impressed with the story. I thought it was a good movie. Did it scare me? No. Was it a good story? Yes. And it was, and apparently it's more true to the book, which I just ordered the book. And oh, I, did you? I'm really excited about reading it, but it's supposed to be more true to the book than the miniseries. Um, the things that I was disappointed with or what I didn't like so much was how much CGI they used with Pennywise. And I thought, because it's, it's kind of, you know, honestly, it's really hard. And I know, a spoiler alert, I don't want to give too much away, but this is just chapter one. So there's multiple movies that are coming out. Well, there's at least two. It's a thousand page book. Thirteen so something. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a huge ass book. So what I thought was more effective, and this is and this is a continuing conversation. This is not anything that's going to be, you know... We can, we can talk about this for, for hours, is when they originally made the miniseries, what, in 1989, I think it came out, they didn't have the technology that they have today. So they had to be more creative, and they had to really, like, film it. So I thought... The first one, you know, for as creep factor, especially when like Pennywise shows his teeth, you know, was a little bit more effective in the first one than the second one, and I say that only because in the in this new one, he shows it right away, and then again, and then again. And then again, it takes. It's not a special. It loses its power. Like it's. It was cool in the first one where like he was this freaking scary looking clown. But when he showed his teeth, it, it just it mattered more because you didn't see it as often. Well, he only did it like three times in the whole movie, it, I think. You didn't see it as often as you see it in this new one. In this new one, you see it like every two seconds. So then all of a sudden, you're just kind of like, well, I mean, okay, I already saw that. So now that's not scary to me anymore. And then they did a lot of CGI to make him, you know, like I, I think they could have played with the um, the atmosphere more, which I think the first one did a better job with. But, I mean, there's hands down, this new one is a much better story. So, I mean, and, and that, and like I said, I don't want to, I don't want to, it's hard to make that comparison without seeing the entire, what they're going to do you know, what they're going to do with it versus the first one, which I saw all of it. So, I mean, it's, 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 it's just kind of hard. 
You know, I, I like, I really like the kids in this. I think they're really, really talented. They they got a great group of kids to do this. The adults I thought were terrible, but but then it kind of made sense to me too. You know, like because this is from the you know their 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 childhood perspective. But was it terrifying? No, it, it wasn't terrifying. And, and is the original terrifying? Yeah, it's pretty terrifying. I mean, even as an adult, yeah. But I mean, my it was overall just concerns. Dark. It was simpler. It was just a lot. Simpler. And it was dark. It was just so dark, atmospheric, and I don't know. One of my one of my issues with, well, I don't want to give it away. But so when they go into the house, it's supposed to be this rundown, like evil house. But the lighting inside, I was distracted by how beautiful the light was as it streamed through the windows and perfectly illuminated everything. I'm like, okay, this is not a haunted house. This is HGTV. Like, come on. A little more atmospheric, people. But... They had a bunch of rats running around, like, trying to make you remember that this is this, but... Yeah, no, I think it was it was a beautiful house. Once you got inside the lighting, you're like, oh my god, this is wonderful. Yeah, but I kind of think I, I think a lot of it's told from the perspective because, you know, like the first thing I said, you, you know, because I don't talk during a movie and at the same time I do. No. I leaned over to Elizabeth who was who went with me and I was just like, "There's no way in hell I would go into the house. Look at all the other." <laughs> <house."> <laughs> I'm like, why would I go into the house? Like, because no... you had to. But then, to a kid's imagination, that house could look like that versus all the other. And I kind of liked that. I was like, oh, that's cool. The one thing that I could not forgive, I could not forgive, what the hell was up with all of them leaving their bikes in the middle of the street? <laughs> Every five seconds. They just jumped off their bikes in the middle of the street and just left them there and went and went into the house. Like, that made no sense to me. I was just like, um... And I kept saying, I was just like, yeah, leave your bike in the middle of the street. I mean. All right, Michael. All right, whatever. So I, he, the little things bother him, but it, little things add up. But I had my concerns going in were. In one scene, I'm like, there was like six children. They all left their bikes in the middle of the street. How did people get by? You could drive around that. You it was 1980. It took place in like 1988. It People didn't care. Well, there was a thing know. as a roadblock in 1988. Whatever. I was one at the time, awesome. so I don't know. So hopefully you didn't have to go to work with the stupid little kids going into the house. Because... <laughs> it was summer, so who knows. Anyway, any, anyway, Michael. So I love the I love the miniseries. I love Tim Curry. I um. I was very excited and scared to see it, but. It was so beautifully shot, and I've got to admit, I like the new Georgie scene better than the old one, just because Pennywise interacts more. Like that scene where they're talking about the popcorn, and Georgie's laughing, and then all of a sudden it's just gone, and the evil's back, and it's like, oh. I mean, it was, it was, actually it was really, really good. The, the Georgie scene kind of pulls at your heart a little bit more. Because Georgie's the... so cute. Well, and then what, it, when it, you know, not not to give anything away, but what happens to him is pretty horrific, and you're just like, whoa, it's a little kid. And and to see something like that happen to a child makes you, um, 
upset. It does. It does. It gets at you. But as in the other one, you didn't see anything. You just happen. saw he gets pulled you just, in. You know, like you, it, it's easily. You're easily to like to forget about it. Like, okay, that happened. All right, cool. But to actually see something, something happen to the child makes you feel something and it's it, it makes you upset and it makes you want to punch that stupid bitch in the face who was on her porch and saw him talking to the sewer drain if i see and any, didn't and didn't do anything yeah if i see any child talking to the sewer drain i'm gonna i'm i'm gonna start screaming and, be like listen get away from there child like stop don't do that i don't know what's down there but don't talk to it <laughs> i know and why are those sewer drains so big that a child can just kind of like hang out in half of one of them ridiculous but anyway anyway teach your children not to talk to sewer drains by the way guys say no to sewer drains it's our new campaign but it's still you know to this day i, I still walk by a sewer drain and i and i can still see pennywise in there like the clown i can still see him in there well um, did you hear about the town that basically all these red balloons showed up tied to sewer grates and the police had to go around and remove them. Now, publicity stunt for the movie or fandom? You decide. I want to think a bunch of fans got so excited and they were like, yes, let's do this. I actually thought it was pretty funny because especially that one, you, there's one scene where there's a, a little red balloon tied to a mailbox. And I remember, because I don't talk during films, but I, I did it this instant. I was just like, yeah, if I saw a balloon tied to my mailbox, I wouldn't use that mailbox anymore. I would not go near that mailbox. I'd be like, mm -mm, I don't get mail here anymore. <laughs> I don't live here I'd anymore. Like, anytime I see a red balloon, I'd just be like, mm, no, no, thank you. Nope, <laughs> I'm good. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. Well, anyway, so I have high hopes for the second chapter. There were, I really love that it wasn't a shot-for-shot -shot remake. Because let's talk about some of the remakes that have been coming out lately. They've been shot for shot. They've been terrible. They haven't had the same heart as the originals. But I think this one, like, really holds its own. I do, too. I think it's a good movie, and I think you sh everybody should check it out. And it was, um, it was written, the director was talking, and he said that the first one was intended to be a little bit more comedic. So there's more comedy in it, and it's... The, the kids are, they're pretty funny. Richie right is hilarious. I laughed out loud a couple of times. And, and if you guys don't know who Richie is, check him out on Stranger Things. He's awesome. He's really a talented young actor. He had me laughing. He was, he was very funny. All right, now, ultimate question. Tim Curry versus Skarsgård. Who did it better? It's still early. I don't want to say that. I feel like... We got to see more of Tim... I feel like in the first chapter, we got to see more of Tim Curry being Pennywise. And Skarsgård, we see a lot more of him being CGI'd. Fair enough. So, and then that's the only thing I have to say right now. I know that Skarsgård's getting, like, a lot of acclaim for this. He did an amazing job. He did a great job. He really did a great job. But I wanted to see more of him as the clown. I, I think the clown is pretty terrifying... Um, I hate that he looks so vintage. I wish he looked like a real clown because that honestly is what really scared me with Tim Curry is that he looked like a, like he looked like a nasty clown. Like you would kind of see him at someone's rundown birthday party. But you saw him all the time. But then there was, you know, there's just like, there's certain scenes 
that like if you can compare the original with the new one, the remake, like that scene where they're looking through the photo book of Derry and then all of a sudden the pages start flipping and then all of a sudden, you know, like he's he's on that balloon and then he's you know, he's jumping up and he tried he reaches out of the photo book versus watching the slideshow. I hated that all all of a sudden Pennywise came through the screen, this twenty foot Godzilla looking person. I hated that. That was a little too much. I really? like I love how it like how I love everything leading love up to that. It. But if he wasn't the CGI Godzilla that came out of the screen, I would have bought it. Like if he would have actually come out of the screen versus Godzilla him. Huge giant that came out of the screen. It's just like that bothered me. But um but I do think that scene was much more effective in the miniseries where all of a sudden the photo book the, or the scrapbook started flipping by itself and you saw Pennywise come closer and closer and closer and closer until he's, his, all you saw was his hand reaching out of the book. So yeah, we'll see how it goes on Chapter 2, but I'm very impressed with Chapter 1. Yeah, Good all in job. all, a great movie is really, the visuals are stunning. Like, it's really a beautiful movie and the script is so witty and clever and captivating it's a really captivating script and it really shows you really get the whole crazy summer that these kids had together and i and i really like the kid who played um billy yeah him a lot i thought he did a really good job and his stutter was very believable and not too much and We'll look out more for this young actor. But moving on, guys, let's talk about this. Okay, so this is a special topic. Special topic, you guys. Very personal topic. Covering your ass or what to do when someone steals from you? It's about to get real. Well, no, it's like one of those things. So I was going to collaborate with uh, a fellow collaborator a fellow artist and we were going to who just so happens to be related to us we have to throw that in because it makes it worse coming from family okay we're we're gonna we were gonna work on a, a special project together that i had completely concepted and outlined and started the, the first process, script right? for like a couple, couple couple of episodes or whatnot and um then it went to the back shelf, you know, because life happens and things happen. And sometimes you're in a certain place when you start a project and then you're not in that place anymore. And, and other things come to the surface first. And then the project shows up as an original idea by that person that you shared your concept with. All right, let's not sugarcoat this, Michael. So, um, Michael had an idea years ago for a web series. Um, he collaborated, he, like, came up with a, he outlined the characters, he came up with a synopsis, he came up with the first couple episodes, and then he was going to share it with said person when they were filming with us on another project, unrelated, and then said person was very excited about the project and said, okay, yeah, cool, let's collaborate. And then nothing happened for a year. 
And then this past week, we see a casting call by that person saying, hey, look at this original idea I have. It is almost 100% exactly what Michael had. So basically the idea was completely stolen. And not just the idea, because I am one who always is very adamant, you can't copyright ideas. Ideas are not intellectual property. It's the execution that matters. Well, this wasn't just an idea. This was an executed piece of intellectual property that was stolen from us. That's what makes it terrible. It makes it rough. It makes it, well, it makes it rough mainly because, and, and, and granted, the project hasn't come out yet. I, I haven't read a script. I wasn't asked permission to take this idea. I wasn't asked, and and what what makes it, what really sucks about it, honestly, you know, um, not to skip around or anything like that, but what makes it suck is that it was an idea that was very personal. It was something that I was going through at the time. And to see one of the characters be me made me upset yeah all, all in all it's a it's a very bad situation made worse because it did come from inside it came from a family member so well it came from somebody that you trusted you, yeah. you trusted you trusted someone with an idea because i mean like it, it was it, more it, than an idea when you're writing and when you and when you want to collaborate with someone and you trust because you think that this other person can help you on the places you get stuck or help you develop an idea it really it, it it really hurts when they take your idea and then i mean they try to change it as much as they possibly can so it was that, not changed at all not really <laughs> uh, specifics were changed but it hurts when they take your idea, but they it's a reflection on how well they listen because they completely lost the heart of what this project was about. And so when you read it and you're and you're sitting there and you're just like, Oh my god, this is my idea and then all of a sudden it's like What the hell? Like <laughs> This is not what this was supposed to be about at all. But you stole the outline. You completely stole the premise of it. But you completely... Missed the point. Part. So that makes you realize, A, that was not a good collaborator to begin with, and B, you know, your ideas, your concepts, your inspiration is really private and you know i i wish there was some way to say oh you have to be able to trust someone and you can trust them by x y and z but honestly if you if you don't put a contract into their face you're really not protected at all exactly so let's get to what have we learned from this whole situation um Trust no one. Not even family. Trust no one. Um, listen, 
intellectual property is no joke. You've got to understand your rights and you've got to understand what is actually enforceable. For instance, if Michael had just had the general idea for this web series, it that's not enforceable. Ideas are not copyright. Like you can't trademark an idea. But because Michael had pitched the idea to her in the first place, um, written all of the character descriptions, the outlines, the synopsis, and the whole outline for the first few episodes, and the whole premise and concept, that's actual work that is, in fact, protected by copyright, by intellectual property laws. So you've got to know how you are protected. You've got to know if you are willing to enforce that. Now, uh, we personally, we're not in this case. Not in this case. If it had been another one of our properties, yes, we would be, actually. But in this case, we're, let, we're choosing to be the bigger people and let it go. We wish them nothing but the best. Good luck on this. But, um... We will never collaborate with that person again. Probably never even speak to them again, honestly. But um, you've got to know how to protect yourself. So, non-disclosures. Keep records of you sharing things. Like, don't, for instance, if you want to pitch someone an idea, don't call them up and read them the script. Just give a general pitch. And then if they're interested... Always record yourself where you have a time... Timestamp. You need a timestamp. You to need time. It's, you know, and honestly, you guys, it's shitty. It's really shitty that you have to do this, but then, I mean... You have to. You have to protect yourself. Otherwise, your ideas can be stolen. Something as simple as talking to a friend on a drunk night, like you go out drinking, and you're like, I have this idea for something, and you say it, and they're like, oh, this sounds like a great idea. They might not be as drunk as you are. And they, they might be writing it down. And they show up, you know, and then they start doing it, and it's theirs, and you have no proof. You have no proof whatsoever. Exactly. So if you're going to share a script with someone, watermark that. There are lots of different ways to do it. Watermark it. Email it to them. Email it to them. Put in the body of the email that this is intended for them only and that you retain all rights and that they acknowledge that this is your property. So that if anything happens, you can pull up that email with a timestamp saying, hey, you opened it. This is, the, this is what was in it. You read it. This is my property. So you've got to well, cover your confidentiality ass. Agreement. I tell you, that's one thing too. You can have a confidentiality. Confidentiality, non-disclosure agreements, and if you decide to collaborate together, listen. I know this sucks. Legal matters suck, but people suck, as we just found out. People are not trustworthy. People you thought you really could trust are not trustworthy. So you got to deal with it. If you're collaborating with anyone. Get it in writing. Get exactly who owns what, how you are sharing it, who has what rights to what, and under what circumstances. There's plenty of free forms online. Check those out. Honestly, a signature on a napkin 
is terrible, but it still is something. And 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 it's just like what the um, the heading of this topic is. It's covering your ass. Like honestly, you don't want to think that someone would steal an idea, but it can happen. And let me just preface this with saying I don't think this is one of my greater ideas. This is one of my lesser projects that was just like in my canon. So I, at first when I heard about it, I was just like, okay, that happened. And honestly, you know, I found out, I found out about this from my mother. Who found out through Facebook? And if you don't know our mother, she stalks Facebook. So, uh, yeah, yay Facebook. And my mom sent me a message saying, um, this sounds familiar. And then the next day I knew, I, like I started reading and I was just like, wow, that's my idea that I had for a project that I was going to do. Whoa. And again, I want to stress, ideas have no legal protection. They're just ideas. They're free. Everyone has them. However, any work done on that idea is protected. So if you want to talk, if you want to just kind of brainstorm with your friend, like, oh, I have this idea for this series, and you haven't done anything, okay, your friend can take that idea and run with it. Sorry, you really should have executed on it first. But if you've actually done work, then you can be like, ah, not so fast. And again, you know what? If we had just had the courtesy call saying, hey, I really believe in this idea, I would like to run with it, we would have been like, please, let us know if you need help. Let us know if you want to collaborate. But to actually steal it is just reprehensible. You just can't. You can't come back from that. And it's something all creatives have to deal with. And unfortunately, we learned our lesson. But luckily, it was, as Michael said, for something that was not one of the best scripts we had. No, it was just an, it was just something to be able to pull out in case I needed to when we didn't have anything. There had been something to be like, well, I had this idea and I think we can run with it. So it was like one of those things. So that's why I wasn't I I immediately wasn't upset at the at that happening. But then the only thing that bothered me and that goes back to why it sucks was the fact that it this project like the story is kind of personal. So to have somebody else write something without me, about me, that sucks. Because the whole idea came out of experiences that I was going through. Just, a, just an interesting learning curve all around, but you know what? We've learned our lesson. And oh, it happens. Things happen. And, that is... and, and now we know. Yeah, now we know. Now we know, guys. And now we, we pass that on to you. Cover your ass, CYA. Every artist should get that tattooed on their fingers or wherever they're going to see it every second of every day. Cover your ass. Document it. Yo, I ask because it's a business. At the end of the day, it is a business. It's a business. And your ideas are collateral, so... Take that into consideration. Food for thought. Food for thought. Mm -hmm. All right, you guys. There's some fun things happening in New York. Burnett Peters is about to step into Hello, Dolly. Yes. 
she the show will close for I think a week or two weeks. So she can rehearse. It's gonna be her and we can never remember his name. I can't remember his name. He's stepping into the role as Vandergelt. Vandergelder. Vandergelder. Um. Talk about. All right. Yeah. While Michael Google searches that frantically, let's talk about the new American Horror Story. So I was. I was late to the party. I saw it, like, what day is it? Wednesday? I saw the first one Monday, and I haven't watched the second one yet. But... I haven't seen the second one yet, either. Let's talk about how overly political this this season is. I mean, I knew it was going to have some political overtone, undertones. I, I did not know it was going to be this. And speaking of clowns. I know. That's what... Lots of clowns this year. A lot. Victor Garber. Victor Garber will be playing. Victor Garber. If you guys don't know Victor Garber, he was um, the original Anthony Anthony in um, Sweeney Todd. Oh, was he? He was in the first Wives Club. He was married to Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn. Yeah, he's been he was on that soap uh, opera. Yeah, so he's gonna be he's gonna be starring as Vandergelder. Sorry. Yeah, that's that's gonna be great. All right, but back to American Horror Story. I thought the first episode was a hot mess, and yeah, I don't, I'm, I'm, I was, I was a little disappointed. I was really hoping for something better. I felt like the first episode was. In layman's terms, an uh, hour of Sarah Paulson screaming. She screamed a lot. She screamed a lot, but <laughs> it was it was like an hour of something political meets the Purge meets it meets the Manson family. Like it was really, <laughs> it was really, it was just really out there. And Let's see where it's going to go. I mean, like, that's the only thing I can say. Let's see where it's going to go. Let's give it the benefit of the doubt. But I, I thought it was a weak first episode. Well, what's funny is it actually might take a spin in all those directions. So you heard it here first. Yeah. But, but then, I mean, you can say with American Horror Story, like the last season, the Roanoke Nightmare or whatever the hell, um, it started off really strong. And I really was, liked the first yeah. few episodes. I really did. But then I think it's, it's really, I mean, you guys know Kathy Bates is not in this one. I didn't see her name. Well, I mean, she might show up. Who knows? It might be a surprise. So it's, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It was, I, I just thought it was a hot mess. It was all over the place and... Billy Lord's character was random, and I want to see where she's going to go. She was the babysitter who was, I think, dating the crazy dude with the Cheetos. Or is his sister? I don't know. Anyway, he he um, blended all those Cheetos and then wiped all those face. I was wondering where he was going when he was blending the Cheetos. Crazy. But then he recorded himself getting beat up by all those Mexicans when he threw a condom full of pee-pee 
at them. I don't know. It was random, 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 random. I just don't know where it's going. And there was, you know, my favorite, my favorite line in the episode though, was when Sarah Paulson was screaming and hollering, and her wife said, "No, no." She said, "Well, didn't the cashier see them?" And she said, "No, honey. All they saw was you running down the aisle screaming and throwing bottles of rosé." <laughs> That was a good line. Or actually, she had another really good line later when they were at the restaurant doing the tasting alone together. And she starts screaming and her wife comes running in and she's like, the clown, the clown. And her wife looks at her and goes, are you crazy? The clown. I love your... What would you do? Running up the aisle screaming and throwing bottles of rosé. <laughs> I think that's hilarious. I mean, that I was that was very funny. So funny. She was like, they didn't see any clowns having sex in the produce aisle. <laughs> yes. Okay. Those were very clever. The wife got some really good lines. She got some good lines. Like that was hilarious. You run down the aisles throwing bottles of rosé. They did not see any clowns having sex in the produce aisle. <laughs> She's just like, have you been taking your medicine? No, you need to do that. It was, <laughs> you need, yeah, you need no, to. it was, it, it was pretty, <laughs> like, I don't know, it, maybe funny for the wrong reasons, but it was, it was, it made me laugh. It was, it was very, those were funny. The wife had some great lines. That was great. Other than that, um, I think it was kind of a weak start. We'll see how it goes. I'll All watch right. the second one tonight, but you know. Yeah, and it'll be good. But you know, let let's throw a goldie, but an um an oldie, but a goldie. Sorry, uh, Golden Girls is on Hulu, and I have to tell you guys, listen, all right, Stig- stigmatism aside, Golden Girls is hilarious. Stigmatism. If you want to just have four actresses who are the masters of four different types of comedy. Watch the Golden Girls. I I watched the entire series on Hulu because it's on Hulu right now, so you can stream it if you're a Hulu's member. It is hilarious. I watched this one episode that I had already seen. I've probably seen it multiple times, and it's still so funny to me. And it's this whole episode about how Rose is so scared. Rose, Betty White, she's so scared because their house got broken into. So she buys all this stuff, and one of the things she buys is this hairspray that looks like hairspray, but it's actually mace. And Blanche borrows it off of her dresser because she ran out of hairspray, and she goes to the police station, you know, to describe her mother's jewels that were stolen. And she tells this story, and it's hilarious. She's like, you know, because the humidity for, um, you know, for her hair is so bad. And so she went into the police station, and there was a really particular, um, particularly handsome police officer who was giving her the eye, so she decided to give her hair a spritz. But when she gave her hair a spritz, it was not hairspray, it was mace, and she maced herself right there in the police station, and they wanted to arrest her. Because <laughs> <laughs> she started screaming in agony on the floor. <laughs> she maced herself in a police station. And it's such a... 
funny monologue. It's like it's amazing, and it just made me realize. And that's why I want to do a shout out to the Golden Girls because it's it's a really good show. And that monologue alone, how she she maced herself in the police station, is hilarious. <laughs> it's like I maced myself right there in the police station. They wanted to arrest me. They thought I was on Angel Dust. <laughs> Uh, note the Southern Belle accent. Yes. Blanche Devereaux, played by um, Rue McClanahan. She's she's really hilarious. So anyway, you guys. So, alright, I guess that brings us to a close on Podcast 18. Yep, that's it, you guys. Um, wow, we've really run the gamut in this one. We've talked about upcoming movies. We've talked about uh, hurricanes. We've talked about movie pass. We've talked about being stolen from. We talked about the Golden Girls. <laughs> I mean, there's no holds bar. No holds bar. No holds bar here, ladies and gentlemen. Podcast. All right. So I hope this podcast was worth a two month wait, you guys. <laughs> hopefully, I know. Hopefully, it won't be another two months till you get a next one, Michael. Well, I mean, if Hamilton would do something. Listen, I'm the one always like, can we do the podcast? 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 Yeah, yeah. It's always me going after you to do it. And you're just like, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm tired. Oh, jeez. All right, well, next podcast, guys, we're going to talk about when you meet your hero and they're disappointing. We'll talk about that. And oh, we'll- hmm. Yeah, we'll talk about that, and we'll talk about some other stuff. But that's a major topic, meaning your hero. Your hero that you think is amazing. And I'm talking about, like, an amazing, amazing, amazing actress who was very disappointing when I met her in person. All right. Uh, tune in next week, Michael. Next week. Next not, week. Not two months. Next week. Next tune in week. next week for... A story on that and a story about when I met my idol and it was again terrible. So uh, it's going to be fun. And Michael can't name names. I can. I cannot name names, but I can give hints. Oh, you can give hints? I can name names. Jane Goodall. Anyway. We'll get it. Anyway, we will talk to you guys later. And uh, thank you for joining. All right, guys. Remember, it isn't easy, but it's so much fun going after your dreams.